welcome into another podcast episode for Codings Pro Magazine. I'm Stephanie Chizik and I'm Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro. Today joining us is Rick Duncan. He's Executive Director of the Spray Polyurethane Foam Alliance, which is also called SPFA. Thanks so much for joining us, Rick. Yeah, good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Great, thanks. Why don't you go ahead and start by giving our listeners a bit of your uh, professional background? Okay. Um, my background is, my, you know, my formal education is in mechanical engineering. Uh, I spent some time in academia as a visiting assistant professor at Bucknell University in the mechanical engineering department. And uh, I, I left there in the mid-90s and uh, began to work uh, with CertainTeed. And I worked for CertainTeed's insulation group for about 10 years uh, doing new product development and supervising the new product development process at CertainTeed and also uh, globally for Sangoban insulation in Europe and Asia. So uh, I've, I've had a, a, a pretty strong background in insulation. Uh, I worked for Honeywell for a while doing some technical marketing for spray foam. I got very interested in, in that product and uh, moved on uh, about 12 years ago as technical director uh, for the Spray Polyurethane Foam Alliance. So I've been that, in that role until recently, in September, um, I moved to be, becoming the executive director uh, for the Spray Foam Alliance. That's great. And you know what? You just reminded me that some of our listeners might actually not be quite familiar with Spray Foam, um, which is also called SPF for those who are unfamiliar. Would you mind just giving a 1,000-foot you know, th view of, of what type of insulation that is? Okay, sure. Uh, spray foam is a, uh, a building insulation. It's made of polyurethane foam. Uh, it comes in two types. Uh, it comes in open cell and closed cell. The open cell foam is used mainly on the interior side of, uh, of walls and ceilings and floors. Uh, and the closed cell is also used on the interior, but a special variety of it, a high-density closed cell, is used also on low-slope roofing. It's kind of unique. It's it's one of the unique foam plastic products in that is the only one that's manufactured on site. Most uh, foam plastic insulations are brought to the job site from a factory, you know, in the form of a board. Whereas spray foam is delivered to the job site in a liquid form. It's mixed and applied, and the foam forms right there on the job site. So uh, we're kind of unique. We also provide. Uh, uh, air sealing at the same time. So we're an air barrier and an insulation in one stop. And so uh, in terms of coatings, where coatings come into play is in our space from roofing systems. And we, we partner with a number of coating manufacturers uh, to make uh, coatings or to provide coatings that go over our low slope spray foam roof systems. And my understanding is that uh, the reason that they need to be coated is because they're not necessarily UV stable. So when it's going to be exposed to the elements at, at all times on a rooftop, um, you need to make sure that it's protected so that it can continue to do its job. Is that is that probably around the same, you know, good idea? Absolutely. Uh, spray foam, once it's sprayed, is not UV resistant at all. We, we don't put in the additives because most of the time it's in a wall or it will have a coating. Uh, when it's on a low slope roof. So absolutely, that's the main function of the coating is to provide UV protection, but it also helps to provide uh, mechanical protection from foot traffic and, and, and other things on the roof. 
Okay, that's great. Thank you for, for the uh, the 101, I guess. <laughs> Spray from 101. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I've I'm a bit more familiar with spray foam. I have a little bit of a background in it, and it's just it's fascinating to watch it be applied. You'd, you know, you'd mentioned that it's the only insulation that's kind of form formulated in the field, and it, it is a fascinating chemistry to watch it build. It's it's just inter- so interesting. Um, what can you maybe just give us a brief overview of kind of you know. So, so the alliance uh, is obviously has been in the industry for for decades now. You know, what are the goals of of uh, SPFA? Um, you know, these days, I guess I should say. Well, I mean, our our goals always have been, and, it, and they remain unchanged. We're we're here to support uh, contractors as well as suppliers, distributors, and consultants. Basically, the whole value chain of the uh, spray polyurethane foam industry. And uh, what we try to do is we try to represent foam uh, uh, to different types of code officials uh, and, uh, and, and rule makers. We also uh, try to out, uh, create outreach for architects and builders to help them better understand how foam works, how it meets the building codes in terms of uh, fire protection and uh, insulation and air sealing. And we also try to educate consumers. So we, we have an education component uh, to our association. And we also uh, recently, as of, since 2013, we've created a, an ISO compliance certification program that allows us to certify individual installers to be sure that they have the proper knowledge, skills, and abilities to install spray foam, both insulation and in roofing applications. And we also, as part of that certification program, we accredit contractors when they meet certain requirements. And we also accredit uh, distributors and suppliers. So we, we uh, provide certification, for the again, for the entire value chain. And we find that by doing that, that's going to raise the bar and you know, in, continue to improve the quality uh, and, and, and proper installation and safe installation of our product. You guys have a, a lot going on, that's for sure. And and this year, I'm sh- I would imagine has kind of added to the complexities, like everyone else. So you know, you you mentioned there are, there are a lot of things that you guys do specifically for contractors, which is you know our main demographic as well, who we, we're trying to kind of help. Was there anything specifically to this year that that you needed to sort of hone in on to help contractors with the challenges that are unique for 2020? Well, yes. Um, I can go back a little bit and talk about what happened in 2020. And uh, and I can first say this is that uh, as a nonprofit trade association, SPFA is not alone in this. It's affecting many, many uh, trade associations. And one of the things that SPFA has done in the past is we've, we've based our business model on revenues from our annual trade show, which is about a third of our revenues. And then the, the other two-thirds or so uh, come from member dues. And that's typical for most trade associations. Of course, uh, coming up, as some of you may know, we had to postpone our trade show in February of 2021. We actually moved it a whole year back. So we're, we had sort of a hole in our revenue stream by postponing the show for a year, but it was absolutely necessary understanding you know, the current state of, of COVID shutdowns and, and many uh, 
companies are not permitting folks to travel. So we had to move our show for a year. So it provided sort of a challenge for us in terms of revenue, which led to some uh, uh, staff changes. In fact, uh, prior to September, we had a staff full-time staff of four. We are now down to two, and we're still trying to do the same things that we've always done. Wow. Uh, of course, with the exception of the show coming up uh, where we had planned for in February. So what we're doing this year is in order to uh, keep our revenue stream alive and, and, and keep uh, our, our association funded and allow us to continue to provide the services that we do, we are really focusing on the contractor member and, and trying to provide extra value for them. So some of the things that we've done this year is during the COVID shutdown, we've provided free online exam preparation courses for anyone interested in taking them. And that, and that offer is still there and it's going to be there uh, throughout the winter. So we do offer those courses in, and these are, are, are uh, approximately six to eight hour courses that help prepare anyone interested in taking the certification exams to help them to study for that understand what's going to be in the exam, and then eventually they can go to a, a library or a, an approved proctoring service and, and take their certification exam. So we're trying to help our contractors make the best use of their time in the winter. To be quite honest, we've heard that our contractors are, are actually busier than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, the, the winter months are, are sort of a, normally a slow time, especially for our roofing folks. So. Uh, uh, we are providing that type of, of, of training uh, to do that. In addition uh, to the, the, the free training we, we are offering, we are also making some improvements to our website. And uh, early next year, we're going to be launching a new website that's going to be much more contractor and consumer friendly. Uh, it's going to be easier to navigate. And one of the new features we, we plan to have in, in the website is a, is a search feature that's going to be just for contractors. So many times we have uh, homeowners or builders or design professionals coming to our website looking to find a contractor, and it's been somewhat difficult when we've been somewhat limited in, in, in the past. But the new search feature is going to allow uh, anyone coming to our website to find a, a certified contractor or a, or a contractor that employs certified installers. It will also allow uh, the search feature will allow consumers to differentiate by the types of services provided. In, in the past, we've lumped all of our contractors into one big bowl, and it's not always easy for a consumer to determine whether they're a roofing or an insulation contractor. Now we have that built into our search feature. So this is going to be a, a much better opportunity uh, and, and a much better way for uh, consumers to connect with, with our contractor base. And the last thing we're working on is uh, we are creating a new member category. Uh, we've heard from um, many individual installers that they would like to become, or applicators, they would like to become members of SPFA, but maybe their company uh, doesn't want to commit right now to becoming a contractor member. So we are in the process now of creating uh, uh, an applicator member category for an individual. And that's going to be soon uh, announced uh, here in the, in, in, within the next couple of weeks. So there'll be some more information about that as well. No, that's a, that's a lot of amazing stuff that's coming up. I mean, 
you know, to your earlier point that you're trying to help raise the bar in the industry, you know, I think you probably experience similar issues to many other aspects of the construction world that uh, there are fly-by-nights, you know, opportunists or whatever you'd like to call them who might not have the same skill set that that the certified applicators do have. Um, and so maybe that, you know, that higher functioning search for the potential clients could be great for the industry. I could see that, I could see that making huge changes if it's used um, by potential clients, like I said. So that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Yes. We're really excited about the new website. It's going to have a completely different look and feel. And it's something that's been much needed. You know, our website has been there for about 10 years. It looks kind of old and stale. And we now have an opportunity to work with Naylor, who develops websites just for associations. So we're using their platform. We're going to have a lot more features on the website. It'll include webinars as well as all of our events, different meetings, and our, our committee work is all going to be handled in one spot. So it's going to make things a lot easier for our membership. Yeah, that's great. And obviously, like you said, you know, if, if we're not allowed to, or not allowed is maybe the right word, but if we're not all able to meet in person in a big trade show in the spring yet, um, you know, it's what a great way to, to use our time to, to make these like these these large changes that are hopefully going to benefit the contractors, the architects, you know, kind of like you said, everyone in the in the chain. So I'm looking forward to seeing all those changes, Rick. That sounds great. And hopefully seeing you guys in person in, I guess, 2022 at this point. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, sometime, sometime here soon. And, and one of the other things that we've been discussing is that we may even have a, a one or two regional events around the country. I mean, traditionally, we've had our trade show, you know, in a nice warm climate, you know, Florida, Texas, California are typical locations for our trade show in February. Um, but in many cases, what we found is we don't always reach out to all of our contractors. So we're going to maybe take advantage of the fact that we can't do a winter trade show, but we may do sort of a regional type of meeting, maybe in the Northeast and maybe in the upper Midwest. And the idea there is that you don't have to fly to our conference. You can drive and we can uh, get to meet uh, contractors and applicators we've never met in the past. So those things are being discussed. There'll be more information about that uh, within the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, spray foam on the road. That sounds like... That, could... That's it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that. I mean, I, and the other thing too I would say is, you know, there's obviously a lot coming down the pike for the Alliance as an, you know, a group. So, you know, formal congrats, I guess, um, to you for becoming the executive director. Would, does that change anything? Obviously, it changes stuff for you. Does it change anything for the, the alliance or um, the goals of, of SPFA? Um, you know, how, do, how does that affect anything, if it does at all, aside from your personal schedule, I would think? <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, we are now a staff of two doing the work of the staff of four. So uh, myself and Kelly Markavich are quite busy. Uh, in addition to my role as executive director, which handles the general operations of the association, uh, I'm also doing the outreach to uh, outside of the industry, help supporting advocacy work that we're doing with other associations, as well as uh, my traditional duties as uh, technical director. 
So I find myself a little bit busy. And also Kelly Markavich, who in the past has been our certification director. She is now the assistant executive director, taking care of not only certification, but membership and our events planning, which would be, in, in this case, the 2022 Spray Foam Show. So we're, we're both quite busy, but we have a, a great support uh, team. And the team uh, consists of different volunteers from our board of directors, as well as uh, companies that have offered the services of, of their different personnel. So for example, uh, we have a, a marketing team that consists of members of our, or a few members from our board of directors. We also have marketing support from many of the supplier companies who have volunteered some of their staff to help us along develop our website and develop our marketing message for the new SPFA. So uh, we have a, a, a lot of people behind us. So it's really not just Kelly and I. I think, yes, a team is always needed. So sounds like you're, you know, you'll be, you guys will continue to be busy for the, for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and I think that's actually a perfect segue for my last question. You know, there are obviously a lot of changes going on in general in the world, let alone with the construction industry. Do, do you see any sort of industry changes for spray foam specifically um, that are coming down the pike in the future? You know, not necessarily just next year, of course, that also applies, but um, any new technologies or, or um, trends that you see coming down the pike for, uh, for spray foam? Well, in, in the short term, um, it's interesting because, you know, in, in the COVID world that we're in today, you know, the, everyone has the requirement to wear masks uh, on the job site, you know, and wear protective clothing. Well, you know, our, our installers have been wearing masks and PPE since the beginning of the industry. So we, we were pretty well prepared for that. Um, and the things that we've seen recently, even with uh, many of the, of the statewide shutdowns, uh, we're finding that construction is still considered an essential industry. So uh, we have not heard any of reports of, of, of slowing down of, of work. In fact, many of our contractors are, are, are busier than they've ever been. So we have not, uh, fortunately, have not been impacted much uh, uh, as, as an industry by COVID. Uh, but uh, we do see some changes coming down the road. There's uh, a, a, a new presidential administration coming into play. Uh, we've heard that uh, one of the initial uh, uh, actions by uh, President-elect Biden is to reinstate some of the EPA regulations. So what this means for spray foam is that uh, there, there was a, a regulation to phase out HFC blowing agents in closed cell foam that was scheduled uh, to start in, in 2020. That was actually uh, reversed in 2018. We expect that to be reinstated rather shortly. So even though that there are several states that ban HFC blowing agents, we expect a national phase out of, of the HFC blowing agents here very shortly. So that's something we're preparing for. Um, we're also seeing a lot of interest uh, in energy efficiency. That's going to be another program under the new administration. So we want to position ourselves as an industry to uh, highlight the benefits of, of spray foam insulation and air sealing uh, as, a, as a leading technology to help uh, make our buildings more efficient and meet the uh, low GWP goals uh, of uh, President-elect Biden and his team. 
Yes, I think there's definitely a lot of changes that might be coming down the pike in general. So thanks for kind of explaining a few that might affect our industry specifically. So is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Rick, before we sign off today? And um, I guess wish everyone a happy new year. <laughs> Absolutely. I know 2020 has been a struggle for, for everyone. Even if our contractors are working, we know that their family and friends and, uh, and, 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 and the like have all been impacted by this. And, Sounds like we're we're seeing the, uh, the the light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, the vaccine will be here shortly, and we'll be able to get back to normal in a few months. So, uh, here's to a, a better 2021, and uh, that's about all I have. So, awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. And if people want to reach out to you afterwards, what's the best way for them to do so? Okay, they can email me at Rick Duncan. That's R-I-C-K-D-U-N-C-A-N at sprayfoam.org, or you can call me directly at 703-222-4269. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rick. I really appreciate all the time that you spent with us today. Uh, we will share Rick's contact information on the podcast episode right up so that people have that readily available. Uh, please do reach out to him. He's a wealth of knowledge. I think I've known you now for, I think, I don't know, 10 years, it seems like. So it's been great uh, getting to see all the changes over the industry and looking forward to, like you said, a much better year to come. So thanks so much, Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, Stephanie. Take care. Calling all Coatings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Coatings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coating needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit CoatingsProMag.com slash subscribe. Coatings Pro. Know what the pros know.